for the reading of our gospel lesson today from Luke chapter 12. I invite you to hear the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 12, beginning with verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action. Another translation of that is gird your loins and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down and eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Lord, use your servants' lips and your people's ears and their hearts that as they are joined together around your word today, that the seed of your word would be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. Amen and amen. Are you ready? Are you prepared? I've got this cartoon here that you might be able to see. The little green guy says, what's in that suitcase? Tan guy says, I like to always be prepared. And then he opens up his suitcase, and there's the word just. It's just in case. (laughs) The green guy looks at the tan guy like you all look at me sometimes. Setting. The tone, the, the setting, the characterization of Luke chapter 12. It starts off with the preparedness that comes from not worrying. It's that famous passage where Jesus says, don't worry, do not worry. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have neither storehouses nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more value do you have than the birds? Again, from like the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew, this is the Sermon on the Plain in Luke. Some people get all upset. Well, was it the mountain or was it the plain? I always assume that just like any good preacher, if you've got a good sermon that's worth preaching on the mountain, it's probably worth preaching on the plain as well. Worth preaching from the boat, worth preaching in the synagogue, whatever. Jesus says, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. So, so we find coming up to our passage today this do not worry context. And then 
we move in our passage today to do not be afraid. Now, if you think about worry and fear, if you think about anxiety and and being frightened, all you have to do is plug those two words into Google. I did that this week. Worry and fear. And I got page one of 220 million results. There's a lot of worry and anxiety and fear and turmoil in the world right now. There's a lot of people who are overcome by worry and by fear, but from the lips of Jesus, if we were to look at a red-letter edition of the Bible, everything in our lesson today is written in red. From the lips of Jesus, one of the most beautiful pieces of gospel, good news that you can imagine. Do not be afraid, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is his good pleasure. It is his good intention. It is his will. It is that which he intends to accomplish. Do not be afraid. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God as we talk about it in church or in Sunday school or Bible study, as we consider what this is, the kingdom of God is something that is here now, today, and it's also something that is to come. It is a present reality, and it is a future expectation. Here it is, the kingdom of God is breaking in among us now, but its full expression will only come when all of creation is made whole. We see that whenever we say the Lord's Prayer. We say, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God comes when the will of God is done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, it is done imperfectly. It is done here and there now. But the kingdom is breaking in among us whenever we do the will of God wherever God's name is considered holy, wherever the will of God and the kingdom of God appear on earth, there, there the kingdom has already begun to break in. And so we have the context of do not worry, do not be afraid. The promise of the gospel, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom And the question, are we ready for the kingdom? Are we ready to live lives that are kingdom-minded? And that's where Luke 12, verses 32 to 40, begin to challenge us as to who we are and what our lives are like. And they challenge us in three ways. The first way is we're challenged, what does our relationship with money and with possessions look like. Luke says, sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your hearts will be also. One of the commentators Bovan says, being ready 
means living on earth where two paths are open to us. Either you live for your own interest, seeking to enrich yourself for your own sake, or you live in the context of the community of the people of God for others' sake, thus becoming rich toward God. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's almost as if our treasures are magnets that draw our hearts toward them which is why it is important that we get our treasures right. I'm going to tell a joke. This may or may not work. Two magnets walk into a bar. Once they're through the door, immediately they fly to different sides of the room, and the bartender comes up and asks, What happened to you two? I thought you were practically inseparable. The magnet replies, We had something happen that was so polarizing, we can't even be close to each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to try again, and this one might be a little better. I got a refrigerator magnet at my house, and now I have 12 refrigerators. (laughs) Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be drawn. When I was in seminary, it was back when day trading suddenly became an an easy kind of thing to do because um, we had platforms and we had real-time stock information. And so while I was in seminary, way back when, I decided to do some, some day trading, buy something in the morning and watch the charts throughout the day as I studied and as I, I wrote. And at the end of the day, I would either, either call in my losses or lock in my gains for the day. But something began to happen. As I was in the basement of my home at Williamstown, I began paying more attention to the charts on my two screens on the table than I did to the Hebrew and the Greek that I was studying. Suddenly, I would get more anxious about the direction the market was going than learning about the Old Testament and the New Testament, which was why I was in this stage of life to begin with. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. People make a living doing that. Not, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm saying that for me, I had to stop when my heart began going in a different direction, when my anxieties and fears began going in a different direction than was a godly direction. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One who finds in God one's deepest joy is going to find the heart strangely drawn toward God. One who finds in God one's deepest joy is is going to find the heart strangely, strangely drawn toward God. We can get something fundamentally right about our relationship with money and possessions so long as we recognize where our treasure is and we recognize that our heart will magnetically be drawn to it, we can get something right. So the first question about whether we're ready or not is is 
having to do with our relationship with money and possessions. The, the second part of whether we're ready or not is are we ready at any time, at any place, to do the will of God? Luke puts it this way, Be dressed for action, gird up your loins, and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. The interesting thing is there's an echo here from the Old Testament, from Exodus Exodus chapter 12, girding your loins, being ready for what God is going to do. Exodus 12, they're preparing for the Passover meal. This is how you shall eat the Passover meal. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. We can be prepared at any time to be a part of what God is doing in the world. We can be prepared at any time to be a part of God's activity. In our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our family unit, with the stranger who may be in front of us in line at Walmart, we can be prepared to be a part of what God is doing in the world. Now, verses 35 and 36, verses 39 and 40, they're often placed in the apocalyptic, end-of-the-world kind of scenarios. Be ready. You never know when the end of the world may come. But in the context of Luke, Jesus is talking about the life of the Christian. Be ready at any time because God might show up. Be ready at any time because you never know when something you do or someone you encounter is someone who is sent by God for you to love, encourage, uplift, guide, simply be there for. Now, just as we can be prepared at any time to be a part of what God is doing in the world, we can also miss out. Know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. So, are you losing out because you're not even watching for where God is active in the world? If the owner of the house had known what time the thief was coming, he would not have let it be broken into. But you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Sadly, for most of us, we're so busy. We've got so much on our minds. We're so anxious. We're so frightened that we sometimes miss what God has placed right before us, an opportunity to be a blessing to the world, an opportunity to share the goodness of God an opportunity to lighten someone's load. It's possible for us to go through most of life without looking for those opportunities and missing the majority of them. So the question again, are you ready? Well, are you ready for what? 
There are three things in this text. Are you ready to get real and get right with your relationship with money and possessions? Are you ready to be prepared for God to use you on any ordinary day as you see where God shows up and let him lead you? And are you ready not to lose out? Are you ready to watch for what God is doing in the world around you? Are you ready? Ready not just for the end of the world, but to wake up tomorrow. Make yourself available to God. To go to work on Thursday. Make yourself available to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Are you ready to go home this afternoon and be the man, the woman, the teenager that God has called you to be? Are you ready? God will show up. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, you are good, and we thank you that you've called us. You've called us to be ready. You've called us to use our resources and our time. You've called us not to let something be taken away from us, but to recognize that you show up on unexpected afternoons, on days of the week when we're tired, on days of the week when we are just so ready to do your will. Help us see. Help us be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Chris.